Um, but we are talking today, it's one of my favorite passages, I know I say that all the time, but this is truly one of my favorite passages of scripture. Um, when I am overseas in Nepal and India preaching over there, I, I use this particular passage because the people overseas love this. This is like where they live and breathe. It's awesome. So uh, we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. So there was this, uh, this man went over to his friend's house, and uh, he, he saw that the guy had a new dog. It was a greyhound. And, and, and the greyhound was just, you know, playing with the kids, you know, chasing a ball and just having a good time. And the guy said, hey, greyhound, um, what's your story, man? What are you doing here? And he goes, and the greyhound said, well, I was, uh, I was a race dog for most of my life. And, uh, and the guy said, ah, you retired. And, and he goes, no, I quit. And the, and, and the guy said, well, Graham, why'd you quit? Were you not winning a race? He goes, no, I was winning every race. He goes, Were you not making any money for your owner? He goes, no, I was making tons of money for my owner. And the, the guy said, well, then why did you quit? And the Greyhound looked at him and said, I just realized that rabbit I was chasing wasn't real. I was chasing a fake rabbit. And I didn't want to do it anymore. Guys, that's what so many of us, particularly the men in here, the young men, but the middle-aged and the older men too, everybody, but you men in particular, what your life could be summed up as. And a lot of us have chased that wrong rabbit. It, it promised something, and we thought it was real, and, and yet, yet it, it isn't. And guys, that is what is, that's what so many of us are dealing with right now. Well, the Lord has a different vision. He's got a different thing than a fake rabbit. And that's what this is today, here in Luke chapter 5, 1 through 11. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little ways from shore. He sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and, caught, and haven't caught anything. Because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come help them. And they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. When Simon and Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and his, all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. They pulled up their boats on the shore, left everything, and followed him. All right, so let's take a look at Peter's situation here, okay? We, we, get, we get a lot from this, and I, guys, I think you guys will like this. So Peter has fished all night, and he's caught zilch. How many of you guys have ever had a, a completely wasted day at work where, where, where you have just accomplished nothing? Uh, absolutely. You, you work, you put it in, put in your time, the, the customers aren't satisfied, nothing happens, you get nothing but stress the whole day. Okay, what kind of mood are you in when that day, at, at five o'clock, when that day is over, what kind of mood are you in? Good mood? I don't think so. So Peter has fished all night and not one not even a bluegill, nothing, not even a goldfish, okay? He's tired, he's discouraged, and not only that, but back then they didn't have refrigeration. So 
what you caught was what you ate. And so Peter, not only has he spent all night and got nothing to show for, nothing to sell, but he also doesn't have any food. And so he's going to have to go back to the house and tell, tell the wife that there ain't no food today. All right? Do you think he's looking forward to that conversation? I don't think so. So looking at having nothing to eat, looking at no productivity, he is not in a good mood. Okay? And it's amazing is when we are in that discouraged state that God approaches us the most. See, I think that God waits until those days when we're discouraged, when life, when that fake rabbit just isn't fulfilling us. And we're discouraged and we're wondering what's going on. That is when God approaches us. And this is one thing that, that Peter learns here is that blessing follows obedience, not the other way around. Everybody say blessing. Blessing always follows obedience. Okay? This, this, and, and this is it. Most of us are the other way around. We're like, hey, God, I will follow you if you bless me. Hey, God, I will follow you if you send me that wife I've been wanting or that husband I've been wanting. Hey, God, I will follow you if you give me the promotion. I, I will follow you if you get rid of my addiction. I will follow you if you mend the relationships I've destroyed. Lord, if you bless me, I'll follow you. And God says, no. No, it's not the way it works, tiny, little, loved human. I'm God. I don't make deals. I don't make bargains. I'm calling you to follow me. That's first. And then we'll see what happens after. Okay, I'm God. Don't try to bargain with me. Doesn't work. And so <clears throat> Jesus, uh, Simon's sitting there, and he's frustrated, he's tired. And all, along comes Jesus, and he says, hey, Simon, I'm going to get in your boat and put out a little ways from shore so I can teach the people. So Peter's like, you got to be kidding me. I'm exhausted. I, uh, I, I don't want to do this. But he says, okay. And he gets in the boat, and Jesus teaches people from, so how many times did, Jesus, did, did Peter, how, how many times did he obey Jesus? That's number one, right? Okay. And then Jesus dismisses the crowd. Simon says, finally, I can go home. I'm exhausted. I'm tired and discouraged. Now I can go home. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Put out into deep water. Got to be kidding me. Really? All right. Got nothing to lose. So he puts out in deep water. How many times is that? How many times has Peter followed Jesus now? Two? Okay. Yeah. All right. And then Jesus says, throw your nets over for a catch. Now, this right here, I don't know if you ladies catch this. The men do. Especially if you're in skilled trade. How, skilled trade, like, you know, HVAC, plumbing, uh, carpentry, you know, something that you know how to do. Okay, all right, mechanic, whatever. How many of you all like it when someone outside your profession tells you what to do? How many of you, okay, uh, the guy that preached last week, Rodney Salim, he's an electrician. Rodney, you, 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 what, what would you say if, if I, as a pastor who knows, doesn't know an amp from an ohm, come up behind you and say, you know, you're not doing that right? Does that, does that endear you to me? Does that, does that make you like me? Is that, do I, am I your best friend now? No, no, you're, you're like, okay, buddy, you go do it yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, as a matter of fact, this, uh, this meme right here, devoid of injury, don't tell me how to do my job. 
okay? See, see I, I don't know if you ladies get that. I know we guys, that is like the number one thing we hate. When we know how to do a job and someone who does not know how to do that comes up and tells us how to do our job. Okay, so here's Peter. Here's Peter. He's a fisherman. He's fished all night. And here's this carpenter coming up to him and telling, hey, put out, put out your nets. Peter is thinking, you got to be kidding me. So, so not only am I tired, am I discouraged, I've already listened to you teach. Now I'm put out in deep water. Now you're telling me to do this. Listen, Jesus, I have fished these waters since I was a boy. I know every spot in this lake. My father fished these waters. My grandfather fished these waters. There's not a spot on this lake we don't know. And one thing I do know, Jesus, is that if they ain't there at night, they ain't going to be there in the morning in the daytime because all the traffic that drives the fish lower they come up at nighttime that's why we fish at nighttime Jesus you're a carpenter you're good at driving nails you're not any good at fishing okay don't tell me how to do my job and yet watch what Peter says you understand you you guys you guys are tracking with me right okay here's somebody outside the profession tell them what to do listen to what Jesus what Peter says he goes master we fished all night and we've caught nothing but because you say so, I'll do it. Think about men. Think about the amount of respect that Peter must have had for Jesus to say that. Hey, everything in my profession, I know my profession, you don't. Everything within me tells me there's no fish down there. I was just here a couple hours ago. But because you say so, I'll do it. See, men don't follow titles People don't follow titles, they follow people they respect. So Simon must have heard something that made him respect Jesus, so he throws the nets over. And what does Scripture say? It says that they caught such a huge catch of fish, the nets began to break. What's the lesson here, you guys? How many times did Peter have to obey Jesus before he was blessed? Three times. So you guys, there's sometimes when Jesus tells you to do something and you do it, you don't see any benefit at all. Yet, because he calls you to follow, because he's God. Sometimes we have to obey, be obedient, many times before the blessing arrives. Many times we have to, we have to stay in the game. We, we have to keep going. We have to keep being obedient so that, so that God knows we're not following him simply for the blessing. We're following him because that's what's best. And that's what Peter learned here. It's amazing that because you say so. Is there anybody in here that God is calling you to do something, I mean, completely ridiculous? Absolutely ridiculous. You're living with your girlfriend or your boyfriend and God is telling you either to move out or get married. That's ridiculous. You are uh, in a job that, where the boss is just killing you and you're, you're being robbed of time from your family and you're, you're, you're miserable every day you come home and God is calling you to go start your own business. And you're like, I can't do that. you got to be kidding me. What ridiculous thing is God calling you to do right now? He wants you to be obedient. I... Um, Heard a story, it's not theologically accurate, but I mean, it's not in the Bible, but it speaks to this. A guy died and went to heaven, and St. Peter met him at the gate. St. Peter unlocked the gates, led him in, was kind of showing him around, and came up to this door. 
And the guy said, what, what's behind this door? And St. Peter goes, you, you don't want to know what's behind that door. And the guy goes, yeah, I do. He goes, no, no, you really don't want to know what's behind that door. And, and the guy said, yes, I do. Peter goes, all right. So he unlocks the door. Guy walks in, it's this room, can't see the back, can't see the ceiling, can't see the sides. It's uh, like, like an infinite room. And in this room, crammed full, boxes, little boxes, small boxes, tall boxes, large boxes, small boxes, stacked as high as he can see, as far out as, 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 as he can see. And the guy goes, Peter, what, 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 what are all these boxes? What's in these boxes? He goes, man, it's, not, it's just, this is the saddest room in heaven. I don't, I, I don't really want to say. And the guy said, please, just tell me what's in these boxes. And the guy goes, okay. These are all the blessings that God wanted to give his people, but they wouldn't follow. See, let's go back to Peter sitting on the shore watching his death. Jesus says, hey, put out your boat. And Peter goes, nah, I'm good. I'm tired. Weather, weather's not great. I'm tired. I think I'm just going to go to the house. And he goes to the house, sits there in his bed, maybe curses God for not giving him any fish, wondering why life is so hard, and that miraculous catch of fish goes right in one of those boxes right there in that sad room in heaven. I wonder how many things you are lacking in your life right now simply because you didn't follow when God said to follow. I wonder how many things, how many boxes are in that room with your name on it had you followed what God would have done. That's why it's the saddest room in heaven. See, guys, when God says to follow, it's not because he wants to ruin you, it's because he wants to bless you. And these are the kind of people that God blesses, all right? These are the kind of people that God blesses. There, there are, are things that we learn of the kind of people that God sends those boxes to. This is who God blesses, all right? Number one, they're available. Available. They, 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 their time is available. Their, their presence is available. Right now, there are people that should be here on Sunday morning. They should be in church somewhere, but they're not available, and God is not going to bless them because they're not available. See, Peter was right there. He was right there by Jesus. Had he not been right there by Jesus, then he wouldn't have gotten the blessing. They're available. So my question is, are you available? Are you close to Jesus? Are you putting yourself in situations where you can be close to Jesus? Because if you're available, that's when Jesus calls you to follow him. That's how, that's when he blesses you. Are you open to doing what God says? God blesses that kind of person. Second thing is that they respond to Jesus' instruction. They actually do what Jesus said. That's, that, those are people that God blesses. People who actually do what scripture says, what Jesus says to do. Guys, I'm going to be 50 years old here in May. And, woo, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm leaving the 40s behind. Old man. Yeah, way, way past over the hill. And I will tell you this. In my 50 years on this planet, I have yet to find a command of God that, if followed, will ruin me. Not one. And I, will, I also have not found a command of God that, if disobeyed, will prosper me. 
It's, it's, it's this crazy thing that here is what God says. He invented this place. He invented you. He invented life. He invented this whole deal. And he says, this is how you do it. And we're like, nah, I'm going to go over here. See, tiny, tiny, little, insignificant, loved little human knows better than God. And I'm just going to do things my own way. It's like trying to fix a car. And here's the owner's manual. The manual written by the guy that built the car and says, hey, do this. And you're like, nah. I think I'll do it this way. And you completely screw it up. Yeah, that's what a lot of our lives look like, you guys. We're chasing that fake rabbit. I've yet to find a command in Scripture that if, that if followed, it will ruin me. And I'm going to ask you guys to, 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 to do that as well. See, people that God blesses, they respond to Jesus' instruction. What, what instructions of Jesus are you disobeying right now? Some of you guys have never been baptized. And you know it's a command of God. You know, you know that Jesus wants you to do this. You, you have no problem with Jesus. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God, everything, yet you haven't taken that step of baptism. Well, we're having a baptism service on Easter Sunday, March 31st. I want you to be baptized. That's what Jesus, that's his will for you. So are you going to respond to that instruction? What instructions are you disobeying today? That's a question. All right, number three. Kind of people God blesses. They're enthusiastic about what Jesus is doing. What happened when, when, when they got this huge blessing, this huge miraculous catch of fish? What happened? They're like, hey, well, we better keep this to ourselves. Yeah, keep it to ourselves. I don't know. They signal that. Hey, get over here. This is a huge blessing. Get over here. See, guys, that is who God blesses. They're enthusiastic about what Jesus is doing, and they jump in 100%. Okay? If, if, if there's a marriage ministry church, man, we're there. Hey, if there's a mission trip, hey, we're there. Hey, if, if somebody, my, my, my co-worker needs Jesus, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about what he's doing. See, guys, that is the kind of person God blesses. He didn't keep it to himself. He called his friends, told everyone. The fourth thing, they're sensitive to sin. Okay? They're sensitive to sin. And what do I mean by this? When, when Peter saw this catch, he dropped to his knees and said, Lord, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. Because I would imagine, it's not in the scripture, but I would imagine that he was being convicted about his thoughts about God that night. He probably had cursed God. He probably had, had uttered some, some four-letter four letter Aramaic words, okay? He probably had done that. He probably was not feeling that great towards God. He probably had some terrible thoughts and everything like this. And, and he realized that he was unworthy of this blessing, he was sensitive to sin. He says, go away from me, Lord. I don't deserve any of this. Now, I want you, it's more difficult in the wintertime because people wear long sleeves, but I want you guys to do something real quick, okay? I want you to roll up your sleeve like this, and I want you to take your pinchers. You got your pinchers here? Okay. Now, I want you to take your elbow like this, get on your elbow, all right? And I want you to squeeze as hard as you possibly can, okay? I mean, like, mm. does it hurt? No, no. Ugh. Try a little harder, maybe. maybe a little harder. No, no, can't feel it. Now, what I want you to do is move right here to the tricep. <laughs> do the same thing. Whoa, that hurts. The question is, you guys, are you an elbow or are you a tricep? 
When the Holy Spirit convicts you, when you read something, when, 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 when your conscience just pricks you, when, when, when the Lord tells you what you're doing is wrong or, or sends you instructions, do you feel it? Or are you so desensitized to sin and wrongdoing that you can't even hear God's voice? My prayer is that if there's any elbow in here, as you move to being a tricep, you know how you become an elbow? There are two ways. One is you get really good at saying no to God. Some of you guys have gotten really good at saying no to God. And the, the second God said, no, you've practiced it. You, you, you've got the muscle memory. You just become very good at saying no to God. That's how you become an elbow. The second way is having so much sin in your life that it, that it that quenches and it grieves the Holy Spirit living in you. So you can't even hear his voice. So the way to move from being an elbow to being a tricep, first of all, is to repent of your sin. Repentance right now, you guys, is not a popular thing in America. We're a post-repentance culture. We don't apologize for anything. We don't ask forgiveness for anything because we just, we just don't. We just, there, there's no guilt. There's no, there's no conviction. There's nothing that we respond to here in America. I'm going to ask you to go against the cultural tide and become someone that is sensitive to sin. And move from being an elbow to being a tricep. Guys, it's the same force. One person doesn't even hear it. The other person feels it deeply. And that's what I want you guys to be because that's who God blesses. And then the fifth type is they're sacrificial. What did they do when Jesus, when, 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 when Jesus blessed them and called them? They pulled up their boats, dropped everything, and followed him. See, guys, Jesus got 12 guys to drop their careers to follow him when most churches can't get men or people to drop the remote for an hour on Sunday morning. Why was he able to do this? I'll tell you this. Because not only did God give, not only did Jesus give blessing, he gave purpose. I read this week, just this week, some tragic news, terrible news, and that um, the rate of suicide in America is going up. How horrible. And it said that people who are most vulnerable to suicide, or most likely, are men, LGBTQ youth, uh, Native American and Alaskan uh, uh, Indian, and um, there, was, there, was one, there was one more. I can't remember. Oh, veterans. I'm sorry, veterans. Those are the four types of people most likely to commit suicide. And I, at the second I read that, I, I just dropped down. I, pray, I prayed for our veterans. My son's about to join the Marines. Pray for our veterans. Pray for men. I pray for LGBTQ youth, that they, that they come to, to know Jesus. And the Native American, Alaskan, I, 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 pray, I, I prayed for them. And there are a lot of reasons for suicide. I was a psych major, and we studied a lot of things about that, all types of things. And... and the major one that I think, I believe, that isn't even talked about now is lack of purpose. People arrive here on this planet, they don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know why they're here. They don't know uh, what, the, what, what the deal is. They don't see any reason for the future. They're not here to accomplish anything great. They're not here to, to engage in anything. And, 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 and so they, 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 they have a lack of purpose and 
I, it is so tragic to watch people look for purpose every other place. I've seen people look for purpose in, in pleasure, sexual pleasure, drugs, alcohol, food, and they find out that all that does is rob you. I've seen people look for purpose in, in material possessions. Hey, if I can get a bigger house, I'll finally be happy. Hey, if I can get a faster car, I'll finally be happy. Uh, if, I, if I can just have a little bit more money, bigger paycheck, I'll finally be happy. And they find out that those things that they love don't love them back. I've seen people dive into political uh, political parties and, and political causes and, and they're going to find their purpose and, and, and sticking up for this person or, or engaging in this and they find out that the people that, they are, that they're running after are some of the slimiest, most, uh, most, most uh, immoral people, they, they, these politicians that, that, that they run into and, and are, are, are the worst and, and they realize it's a fake rabbit, you guys. All these things are just, all the, all the things this world is, is beckoning us to find our purpose in always leave us high and dry. And that's why the suicide rate is going up, you guys. That's why depression and anxiety are at all-time highs because lack of purpose. But look what Jesus does for the, for the disciples here. He says, don't be afraid. From now on, I will send you out to fish for people. Not only does Jesus teach them, he blesses them, and then he gives them their purpose. This is why you were created, Peter. This is why you are here in Israel at this time. This is why, because I have work for you to do. I've got purpose for you. And he sends them out to do his work. He teaches them. He gives them community. He gives them all of these things. He gives them their purpose. And that's what happens when you follow Jesus. You no longer suffer from a lack of purpose. They said that the best two days in a person's life, the day you're born... Then you find out why everybody has had that first day. Have you had your second? Have you found out why you were born? Do you know why you are here? Do you know why you are an American in Nicholsville, Kentucky in 2024? God could have created you any place at any time. He could have made you to live in India in, in 1200 AD. But he put you here for this reason at this time. Have you figured out why? When you say yes to Jesus, he gives you your purpose, your calling. I'm here as a pastor because that was my purpose. This is what I was designed by God to do. It's not what I thought I was going to be doing. Most of you guys know that when I was in college, I, I had two career paths. I wanted to either be a Navy SEAL or I wanted to work for the FBI. I wanted to work in the behavioral analysis unit, the one that the criminal minds. I wanted, that's what I wanted to do. That's why I was a psych major. I wanted to, I wanted to get inside the heads of serial killers and, and, and try to figure out their patterns. And, and that, that was what I wanted to do. That's what I thought it was. That's what I thought I was here for. And instead, I was sitting in church, sophomore year in college. God said, I want you to be a pastor. And let me tell you what happens when God calls you. He ruins everything else. All of a sudden, in that second, I was no longer interested in being an FBI agent. No longer interested in being a Navy SEAL. 
No, no longer interested in anything except being a pastor. See, guys, when you, that is how you know your calling, when you can't think about anything else. When, if, if I was, for example, if I was to, my, my, I love working on cars. I'm, I'm, I'm a mechanic. I love working on cars. If I was to leave the ministry and go work on cars, you know what happened? I would hate it. When I was fixing cars, I'd be thinking about a sermon that needs to be preached. I'd be thinking about a person that needs to hear the gospel. I'd be thinking about our orphanage over in India and these wonderful kids that I'm not getting to see because I'm working on cars. Guys, that's what happens when God calls you to something. Now, not very few people are called to full-time ministry. You, you may be called as, as, as a painter or as a, as, a, as a plumber or as a doctor or as a uh, HVAC person or, or you, you, whatever it is that you're called to, when God gives you that calling, you can't think about anything else. That's how you know what your calling is. How did Jesus get 12 men to drop their careers and follow him? He gave them purpose that they couldn't find anywhere else. And a lot of times it's after that discouraging dry spell where you've accomplished nothing that Jesus approaches you and gives you your purpose. If you're struggling with addiction, get ready because God's about to give you your purpose. If you are frustrated at work, get ready because God's about to give you your purpose. If you are just discouraged by life, get ready because God's about to give you his purpose. And I want to tell you something. Can you stop someone who believes and who has accepted God's purpose for life? You think you can talk someone out of that? You think that you can talk someone? You think they can be dissuaded from doing the work of God for their life? Do you think that after something like this that Peter could be dissuaded from doing God's will? Hey, Peter, why don't you go back to fishing? Uh, not. I don't think so. I fished all night, caught nothing. And then all of a sudden, Jesus entered my life and everything clicked. Why would I go back to that? Guys, that's what I want for all of you. If you have not discovered your day number two, you've had your first day, but if you haven't had your day number two, I want to ask you to go sit at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, what am I here for? Because he will answer. He will answer. Remember, the kind of people that God blesses are the people that are obedient first. Blessing follows obedience. Maybe the biggest change in your life this morning needs to flip-flop those because you've been waiting for God to bless you before you follow him. Flip those around and say, Lord, when you walk out these doors, say, Lord, I'm going to follow as many times as it needs, many times I need, and I'm going I'm to find my purpose in you. That's what I want for everyone here. That's the message of this gospel right here. What Peter said was, because you say so. I would love to have that as the mission statement for every person in this room. Lord, doesn't make sense to me, but because you say so, I'll do it. If we have a church full of people that say that, watch out, world, because we're bringing the kingdom. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless you.